This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, SCOTUS releases the final report into who leaked the Dobbs draft. You are not going to believe their findings. And Alec Baldwin charged with involuntary manslaughter following his accidental on-set shooting. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I am joined today by Blaze TV contributor Eric July, also founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics and Supergear, Blaze TV host of Stew Does America, which you should be subscribed to. Not only, not only everywhere you find your podcasts, audio-wise, but also on YouTube. I fully agree with your analysis on that. Sarah. It was spot on? It was spot on. You Thank nailed you. it. Mm-hmm. Wow, great. Starting off great. <laughs> um, so uh, we have to get into, you know, you don't you love, as hosts, don't you guys love uh, when you plan your whole show and then there's like really big breaking news right after you've already planned your show and you're about to go on and you're like, well, crap, we got to adjust. Uh, Well, that just happened today with the breaking news of the final report um, surrounding the Dobbs leak with the Supreme Court. So I know you guys know the story, but the Supreme Court, uh, obviously John Roberts as the chief justice, uh, sent this over to the marshal's office, the marshal of the Supreme Court. And the marshal and the marshal staff we're in charge of investigating uh, the leak into the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case last year, which, as we all know, was the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We had the, the leak of the draft opinion, um, and they were on it. The marshal's office was on it. In fact, they were so on it that they interviewed 82 employees. They said um, they who who these were the people who had access, obviously, to the hard copies, electronic copies of the draft opinion. They said in following up on all available leads, the marshals team performed additional forensic analysis and conducted multiple follow up interviews of certain employees. Uh, The statement continued. But the team has been unable to date, been unable to identify a person responsible by a preponderance of the evidence and uh, they don't have an answer for you. They don't know. They just don't know. They interviewed all of these people. They did their jobs. And they just don't have an answer for you on who leaked this decision. How is that possible? I don't this know. Draft? Um, I, I have no idea because I feel like there are people that, <laughs> that have, like, let's say everyday people going through trials and, and all that. And they can get all the text messages read back to them and all their emails and stuff. And everybody can pinpoint exactly mm-hmm. what happened, who said what, and when, and why they said it. And all of a sudden, when you come to the Supreme Court, of all people, I would think they should be able to at least figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. So either the, this is a classic case, 
of we've investigated ourselves yep. and we found no wrongdoing uh -huh. is basically what, what happened. But that's intriguing because I just don't think that in any other, let's say, case you'd have where it's just, all right, we're going to go through kind of a deep dive considering all the level of connectivity that we have, and I'm sure because it is the Supreme Court, uh, considering their technology, like what's on their servers, what's not, it's somebody know, bro. Like, this is, <laughs> let's just say that. The bottom line is somebody knows who did it, and they probably know who did it, but again, they've investigated themselves, and there's nothing nothing there. Yeah, that's what, that, that's kind of the conclusion that I've come to is like, okay, so either they know, and they're not going to say, um, because they're investigating themselves, or they're just completely incompetent at their jobs and either one of those they really should not hold this position if they can't figure this out or if they're liars sort of reminds me of a story sarah i remember coming back uh, late night after a you know, friday night dinner mm -hmm. i'm coming back home i get into my town i'm driving i take a, a come up to a stoplight take a right on red and then about a week later I get a letter in the mail with a picture <laughs> of my car rolling through this red light. Apparently, I didn't come to a full stop. There's no, uh -huh. no, nobody else around. Right. But I didn't come to a full stop. And then I got a link to a video where I got to watch my car come up to this light and not fully stop. And I get a ticket. I, they can find that, but they can't tell who, le who leaked the most important Supreme Court case in the last 50 years. Really? Right. It's, it's hard to believe. Uh, why is it always... I feel like everything I do, I get caught and do. <laughs> right? Noah, Hunter Biden can do cocaine off of numerous women's bellies every third Tuesday. And I, I go 27 and a 25 and I get pulled over. Like, I, it's just hard to believe that this is the end of this. I mean, I, I was skeptical that we'd get the full story on this. Mm -hmm. But uh, the fact that they couldn't come up with anything, they couldn't even say where, where it came from, no idea. The only other part of me, and you get into the sort of the conspiracy realm here, but let's walk there because it's fun. It, if it was, let's say, Sonia Sotomayor uh -huh. herself actually doing it, I think there would be motivation for them to just say we couldn't find it. It'd be too damaging to the court. John Roberts is an institutionalist. He, he protects the court to his, you know, to, to the reputation of the court, to his ill, to the country's ill, to the Constitution's ill, right. over and over and over and over again. And this is the type of thing that I would believe he would do. If it was justice like Sonia Sotomayor, he would maybe just brush under the carpet and say we couldn't figure it out. That's totally a conspiracy theory. I have no evidence <laughs> to back it up, but it's the type of thing I, you know, with this court, the way he's acted in the past, where, mm -hmm. you know, he's mm -hmm. changed his decisions, he's, he's making been making back, deals. Backroom deals. All yep. the time, it is consistent with his behavior. But, I mean, in reality, like, it's surprising they couldn't come up with something, some piece of evidence, some, you know, some, even throwing a lower level person to the wolves right. is almost more believable than coming up with nothing. I, I totally buy into your conspiracy theory. Yes! Say that. So let's start it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it's just, it's also so frustrating because, you, like, the reason behind it is just so ass backwards. It's like, you're not protecting the integrity of the court if you're doing that. You're actually doing the opposite right. by sweeping it under the rug just because it's someone that's important. I mean, there should be ramifications for anyone doing any anyone, including a Supreme Court justice themselves, for doing something like this if you want the integrity of the court to still exist. Because who's going to trust it after this? Not only did it happen, but you guys can't even tell us who did it? Great. What's the next one going to look like? And when is it going to happen? Because it's definitely going to happen. There's no ramifications. Yeah.
What, what, what's, what's the motivation to not do it? And it again, it just it doesn't make sense. Definitely in all uh, like the the age of technology that we are into. And I look at like, for example, with our own website, like with like Riververse and everything it is that we do, like I can see everything. You know what I mean? Everything. <laughs> like, I, could, I, I could see absolutely everything because obviously we're right, it's our service. We can, we yeah. can see all uh-huh. that. The fact, and I'm willing to bet because of, well, we're dealing with the Supreme Court. Whatever they have technologically is going to be on lockdown. So there's it no, there, yeah, I, I would imagine it can't, like a guy like me can't just go up there and access right. it. And if it is, I guess it's, that speaks to a problem. Right, right, have, right. If I can just go out there and figure it out and like, oh, I just take the information myself. Right. Like, I don't think that's what's happening. They know who did it. They know damn well who did it. And they're just, I guess they just assume that the American people, hey, we just tell them nothing's happening. Everybody's going to ignore it. And I guess that's probably what's going to end up happening anyway. Well, we just found nothing. Let's move on about the day. But it is certainly damaging to that uh, institution. I've never had no, any faith in it by any means. Mm. But you know that there is some grimy stuff happening when something like that can leak mm-hmm. for reasons that we know exactly why it was intimidation kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, factor that was involved in that. And it happened to not work, but that doesn't take away the intent. And they're pretending like they don't know what it is or just don't want to. They can uncover it. They're just choosing not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, again, like, I, I don't know what their motivation is to not do this. Maybe, 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 the, maybe the intent didn't end up coming to fruition, right? They didn't get anyone to change their minds. They didn't get the pressure uh, to actually result in, in their intended goal. But they also didn't suffer any negative repercussions for for. Right. committing the crime. Right. So why would they why would they not do it again the next time they maybe the next time it does work either way they're okay with it because they know that they're not going to get uncovered. Um, all right I, w- I want to switch gears here because I want to talk about uh, this Alec Baldwin story. So prosecutors have finally charged actor Alec Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter in connection with the shooting of cinematographer Halnia Hutchins in 2021 uh, on this this movie set of the movie Rust. I'm sure you guys all remember the you know the story. We talked about it in great detail. Uh, New Mexico criminal law classifies involuntary manslaughter as a fourth degree felony, carrying a maximum sentence of 18 months in prison. I, look, my question is, why did it take so long? Oh boy, trust me, if it was you or me. Wouldn't have took nearly That's that what I'm long. saying. Like this was this was twenty I had to go back and go this is it was twenty twenty one? It's now twenty twenty three. I I thought that this had happened in twenty twenty two. This is twenty twenty one. I'm like, what were you guys investigating at that point? Well, it's a weird because it's involuntary, right? So right. it says it was he did not mean to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know, to hit that standard, you'd have to say he was particularly egregious and negligent, I would think, in mm-hmm. some way. Negligent, like, yeah. You know, you're, 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 I don't know, you're waving a Being gun around. Loose, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's such a strange one because, look, I don't like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I should be clear about this. I am a tad biased in that I don't, you know, occasionally I like him in a movie or two. But, uh, I mean, Royal Tenenbaums is an all-time classic. Uh, but, like, if he's given a gun, and he believes it is a gun that does not fire bullets, and he fires it at somebody, and it's not supposed to be a blank. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, yes, it, it, someone died, so there's a serious problem here. And I think the uh, the armorer as well was charged with involuntary manslaughter as well. Yes, seems like that. There's a real case there. Like your job is to not put the bullet in the gun. 
You know, with him, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he did. He keeps changing his story. He keeps lying about it. I, so it's hard to know. You know, I, I think the if it's the absolute best case scenario, let's say for him, where someone hands him a gun that he believes are blanks, he goes up and, and it goes off and it, it kills this person. And it's not, you know, he didn't believe it was a real gun. He didn't believe it was a real bullet. Like, I, I would have some sympathy here. The fact that he's changed his story so many mm-hmm. times, though, and he keeps adjusting it to... The way, you know, like every time he's in a little bit of a corner, he comes up with a kind of a new excuse. My guess is they've got something on it that, that makes it seem like he really was acting uh, in, a, in some sort of, uh, you know, erratic way before this went off. You know, you think on a movie set, we'd have video of it. And so far, we haven't seen it. But I would argue that if it was, if it was you, me, whoever, right, an, an average person, and I had a gun at home, let's say, and I, I thought that it was unloaded. And I pointed it at my husband and pretended to, to shoot. I, I pulled the trigger, mm-hmm. not checking it myself. I would think I would be charged with the same thing. Yeah, I mean, but, I, you, like what, when once you hold the weapon, I get I get your point. But I it's can't like, believe you're making me argue for Alec Baldwin. I know. I, I get your point. But it's like, but I feel like there's shared responsibility here. Sure. It was the armorer's job to make sure that there were blanks in the gun. But once you are the one holding the gun, isn't it your responsibility to check it before you point the gun at well, someone and, and pull the trigger? I, think that, I would argue yes. Yeah, but that, I think that what that does is it speaks to like kind of what the actual story was, right? Yeah. Uh, which we I don't really know because to your point... Yeah, he said he didn't even so pull the trigger. It was like, right. yeah, he said yeah. he didn't pull the trigger yeah, at all, like, right? I don't believe so that at you, all. you have that angle of it, whether it was an accident versus it not, I think that's a huge part yeah. if you're going to mm-hmm. sit up here and say that there is, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, um, that he was doing something nefarious that... It resulted in the death of, of someone else. But that's the thing. We would need the facts of the matter if he did pull the trigger or he didn't, if it was actually acting what was in the script or if it was just everybody just kind of shooting it. He's like, ah, pow, pow. Yeah, like that yeah. That, that's a line, too. I mean, you know, because we've all seen movies, right, where people fire guns yeah, at each exactly. other. It happens all the time. And, like, you know, the individual actor, I don't know that they can be held responsible to check every time. And I don't even know. I mean, I, I know would. very, I, I know. A minimal amount about guns, but like, would you be able to op- like open up your gun every time and be able to know that it's a blank? Yeah. By well, at it? I don't know about a blank. Blank, yeah, but, but you'll be able to, you know, check. What was it? Was it a revolver? What, what was yeah, it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. But I. But the story. I, I'm happy to look during the break. But I thought I recalled that there wasn't supposed to be any sort of we- uh, a blank or not yeah. in it, which would mean. If that's the case, he's checking it. He definitely can see that there is a bullet in there of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If if you're checking. That's yeah. I mean again, I I think that that's the problem with the story is we, we don't know enough about it. The, my instinct is the fact. And again, I'm, you know, uh, maybe thinking the police are doing their due diligence here, but my instinct is they must have something that shows that he had gone beyond his telling of the story. Right? His telling of the story, I think you can argue you know, you think, picture out of this for a second. You know, you're an actor. You're 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 handed a gun. It's supposed to go off. It's supposed to look like it's going off. The person's supposed to look like they're dying. You shoot it, and there's a real bullet in there. It's hard for me to hold that person accountable. If he's 
as you point out, just waving the gun around and screwing around. I think that's what it was because remember, it wasn't like another actor that he shot. Remember, wasn't she like a director or or something of that? that So that's what... It makes sense. Where it might have been like, hey, between takes or something like that and they're like goofing around and he did something that was stupid, right? That that sounds like maybe what happened. Seems like the right level. It it doesn't seem like he should be charged for first degree murder, even in that case. But involuntary manslaughter does sound like the right Mm -hmm. charge there. Now, will will he go to prison for 18 months? Probably Probably going to be scheduled. That 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 does does not seem uh, probable. You or I would. I can tell you that. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. I I take a right on red and I go to prison. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Stu just got out. He did hard time. You would not believe the things he saw in the slammer. (laughs) All right, we got to take a quick break. We will be back with more. Uh, But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Birch gold. So look, I I don't have to tell you guys the economy. I wouldn't say it's doing well. Uh, If if you can find eggs, they're like $10 billion at the store. You've got inflation going on um, and the stock market is not doing great. You need to make sure that your savings, your retirement, whatever you have invested, make sure that it is secure. You can diversify into gold with Birch Gold. Uh, And this is historically it has really been a hedge against inflation, which is going on right now. So you can own gold or silver in a tax-sheltered account. They make it very easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. All you got to do is text the word Y, that's W-H-Y, to 989898. You're going to get a free information kit on gold. This is a no-obligation information kit. There's no reason not to do it. At least read the information and make sure that your savings are protected. That is the word Y, to 989898. World Economic Forum's meeting in Davos earlier this week. Uh, he was on a panel about cybersecurity, and uh, the panel on national security and cybersecurity, of course, focused on uh, the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, but they were using that war as kind of a lens into, you know, discussing partnerships between big tech companies and the government, uh, AI and autonomous vehicles. Uh, Very fascinating statement that Chris Ray, which again, I I just really want to stress to you, the FBI director is at the World Economic Forum meeting speaking on this, watch. On the other hand, I think the the sophistication of the private sector is is improving and, and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has, I think, uh, made significant strides. We are focused, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at cyber attacks. Uh, so they went on discussing how government can collaborate with big tech companies. And, uh, of course, I mean, his comments fit right in line with Klaus Schwab himself, who is calling for, I mean, they made a big statement. They're like, this whole meeting, we want to focus on these public-private partnerships as if we're not seeing what could possibly go wrong with all of these Twitter files dropping and seeing how the government yeah. is taking advantage of their relationships with big tech uh, to violate, I would, I would argue, you know, many different parts of at least the First Amendment. But um, I, am I the only one that's 
really freaked out by this? Well, obviously, I don't like it, and I hate that we use that. They use that term like private. It immediately is not private once you start to get in bed with the government. Mm-hmm. You absolutely absolve of yourself of being really strip yourself of the right to be call yourself actual private or privatization. When you think of that term, and we always use that to get that out of public hands. So you can't. And what is why I hate the term public prison? Oh, uh, excuse me, private prisons when they're not private at all. Like they're they're completely subsidized by way uh, of the state and they're housing this cr- the criminals by way of the state. They're in no way private, but they use that term to seemingly demonize that concept. But guys that watch this show, fascism does not mean guy with red hat doing things that I don't like. It doesn't mean guy with R next to his name when he's speaking in front of Congress. It is the merge of corporate and state essentially making it it one. That's what this is, and that's what it looks like. If you read, don't take my word for anything. Just go read the doctrine of fascism by both Mussolini and Giovanni Gentile. That's exactly what what this sort of thing is. It is very dangerous. Um, so basically, what you're going to end up seeing, we already see that kind of now, where there's going to be these things that you are going to be allowed to say. They're going to say that it's private, but obviously, in the event that you don't belong to the party per se, well. They're going to end you or you're not cooperating. This is by any means. Nobody should be working with the FBI, especially private institutions. But you bring up a great point with the whole Twitter file situation. We do see how dangerous that sort of gets and how biased it certainly mm-hmm. gets when uh, you have that public private partnership. Yeah, yeah I remember. Uh, gosh, it's so weird how things change over time. I remember Michael Moore, you know, fat director going <laughs> doing uh, one of the tours for his, one of his movies. And, he, and they were t- I think it was. Didn't he, one, of them, one of them was called Capitalism or something to do with capitalism in the title. And they were talking to him about this and he was describing capitalism, why it was so evil. And he was going through all of these details and he's like, you know, what, ha- and what happens to these big companies? They get so big and then they start working with the government and then the government is giving them direction and then they're giving, they're ba- all the money's going back and forth. I'm like, what? That's not capitalism. Yeah, right. What the hell are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. You know, this is what we're worried about on the right. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I want that to never happen ever. I don't want any, you know, I don't want that to be the case at all in, in, except for very limited circumstances. And, you know, what we see now is the left Instead of the Michael Moore era saying that was the example of everything evil in the world, it's now completely embracing it, right? Now they see the value in it. You know what? We enrich these companies and they'll do these things for us. Why pass a law? That's hard. Passing laws is hard. We have to win elections. We have to get, you know, large majorities. We have to get people to agree. Instead, we do these things from the top. We deal with the CEO of a company. Everyone puts these in from top down. And it's why things like the Great Reset that Glenn has talked about quite a bit are really a problem because they're going around the constitutional system. They're trying to find a way to get around it. And this is, they've come up, look, it's a, you know, if, in a diabolical way, kind of a smart play, right? Like they're able to take away all of the barriers that were put in their place. Luckily, the American people, I think, have awakened to this a little bit, and they're looking at this and they're saying, you know, this is not what we want. There's enough awareness now. It's just starting to build, I think, that to stop these things. But that is the crucial part of this. It's, it's, you know, it's easy to say, like, I'm, you know, I'm a big defender of private businesses and being able to do what they want. But like, you know, when you see someone like Adam Schiff going to Twitter and telling them exactly what he wants done, that's not a private business. Yep. That is the government. The, I really do believe we should pass a law to prevent that type of thing. A government official attempting to, to influence a private company. Because 
right now what we say is like they can't control them. And that's true legally. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm sorry if the guy who's on CNN every day screaming about how he's going to impeach the president is in your email saying, please censor this doctor. What are you going to do? Right. Like most people are just going to go along with it out of self-preservation ideals. And I, I think that I think we can pass a law against and stop it. Because, you know, if Adam Schiff was threatened with force of law to not be able to use, just like they do with lobbyists, they have laws that control some of this stuff. He should be, you know, hit with the force of law. You cannot try to influence decisions made by public, uh, in, uh, private institutions. There's no reason why we couldn't do something like that. It's the type of control that we could implement. The problem is we'd have to be asking government officials to limit their power. And, man, they hate that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> all right. I want to switch gears here and talk about the uh, Joe Biden classified documents saga. So newly published photos show Hunter Biden did have access to Joe Biden's Corvette. You you know, that, cor- that same Corvette <laughs> that was stored in the locked garage where those classified documents were held. He wasn't so. the only one who had access to it, apparently, he according to those not. pictures. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that that may have been one of the women with the bellies that Hunter Biden snorted cocaine off of. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> At least one of be. them. It looks like, I mean, that's, those are two women. They had, look, her belly's already out. Who's to say he didn't do that right before they got in the Corvette? And are those bathing suits or are those bras <laughs> that they're in? I can't quite. I don't know. The control room just told me those are his nieces. So now I feel really weird about the whole thing. <laughs> okay. That's certainly a lot. But why are they dressed like that when they're in the car with Hunter Biden? That's what I would like to know. Very good point. I would never dress like that around my uncle if, in fact, those are his nieces. So I just want to throw that out there. But this whole story, it just gets more embarrassing and more maddening. I feel like, again, it's not like it doesn't affect your everyday life. So it's like, okay, great, more classified documents. Like, tell me more about this thing that we're never going to get to the bottom of or actually see any repercussions of. But like... The fact that he has top secret information and the FBI and the DOJ are just like, yeah, your lawyers can totally go through everything and just let us know. And if they just pinky promise not to tell any of these top secret classified document, you know, secrets that we have in here, just pinky promise and it'll all be okay. Just, just. Triple swear. I think that it wouldn't be as big of a deal if we didn't go through like the whole Trump charade with with classified documents and all that. So people are going to look at that and be like, well, wait a minute. Like y'all made this big deal over over this. And now what's happening with this? Hunter Biden, on the other hand, seems to be living his. I mean, that guy right there is like on something. Like, obviously, we know he's literally on something. (laughs) Literally. Uh, He's on something. But like. (laughs) The fact that he continues to be kind of in the mix, like obviously he's the problem child kind of a, yeah. a, of Joe Biden, but he's always kind of in the mix. And to my knowledge, nothing's really happened to the guy. It's like, yeah, man. Uh, uh, this I, is my point about the right hand <laughs> turn on red. Why Literally. does it? Why am I getting tickets for that when this guy's on camera <laughs> smoking crack with he's, prostitutes? That's fascinating, man. It really is. That is fascinating. Again, like, I'm not saying we should, you know, and I think uh, Eric would be on board with this. I don't think we should be, like, sending in raid teams to every hotel room to try to catch, you know, hookers in in action. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. But, like, when they're on camera... Over and over and over again, you'd think there'd be some repercussions well, no, of this. That's the thing. Like it would, if it was you or I that got caught with definitely some crack, we all go. We go to jail probably mm-hmm. for, yeah. a long, for, for a long time yeah. on, on a serious note. But like this guy is just doing whatever. I mean, he's living his life. We know the situation, the money, the funky money, uh, and he's just 
to my knowledge, all is good. Nothing's I mean, uh, happened to this what guy. What happens to one of us when we have uh, we mis misfile some gun paperwork? How does that work oh, out yeah, for true. us? Right. Well, right. I don't true. think so. Right. I mean, look, I think we are sort of building to this point uh, where he may very well, Hunter may very well be indicted for something here. Uh, I filled in for Glenn the other night on, on TV, and, and we did a special on the documents and kind of went through the timeline of this. And, you know, like, I think... We've reached this weird point, and I remember this with the, with the Cuomo situation as well, where Andrew Cuomo comes out, he's doing all this stuff, everyone's saying he's the greatest guy in the world, everything's fine, everything's fine, and it starts to crumble, there starts to be accusations, there starts to be problems, and at some point, I almost remember the day, it just seemed like they had changed their barrier. They had this barrier, we're protecting Andrew Cuomo, we're protecting Andrew Cuomo, we're protecting Andrew Cuomo. We're protecting Chris Cuomo now. Uh, we're, we've given up on Andrew. We're now protecting Chris and trying to save his job. The same thing is happening here. They, they, they've been saying, remember a couple of years ago, Hunter Biden, what do you mean he got a job at Burisma? Of course he did. He's, he went to Harvard. Right. He's, a, he's a brilliant businessman. Of course he had that job. And slowly over time, now he, oh, well, yeah, it's just Hunter. He's a drug dealer. You know, he's constantly, you know, hooking up with, with random women and he's impregnating them all across the country. He's got like 900 daughters all over the world. And it's like, uh, okay, now they've changed the walls mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. protecting Hunter to protecting Joe. And it's getting closer and closer to the presidency and it's got to be making them very nervous. Yeah, I agree. All right, we, uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I want to throw at you guys uh, two different studies about children and um, screen time, social media time, you know, what, what, what have you. So a recent study found that uh, compared, it, it compared children's brain activity um, between face-to-face -face interactions and then virtual interactions. And I think you will, it will not be shocking to you to, you know, hear that the study uh, dis discovered that electrical activity in the brain is significantly reduced during virtual social interaction, uh, and it suggested impairments to childhood cognitive and social development for children who are having these virtual interactions. I don't, you guys are not shocked to hear that, no. right? So, so this was, and by the way, the children in the study were ages 10 to 14, um, and it was scanning brain activity um, as they were, you know, pr participating in these events. So, so you've got that, okay? I'm also reading, uh, there was a new paper that was published this month that proposed that um, social contagion through prolonged social media use can explain why uh, some children, teens, this says mostly adolescent females, self-diagnose uh, mental illnesses and personality disorders. And so they're actually just like adopting mental illness because they're on social media so often participating in social media and like want to have a social uh, mental illness. Um, and so they just decide that they have it. Why are we still letting children on phones? 
What, what, like, why, why do they have access to social media? No, obviously, kids are impressionable. But my thing is, I, I've been making this point for a while. And I, I knew that I saw that trend of just like people kind of, yeah, presenting themselves to have problems that they don't actually have because, well, that's what it is that they see. It, um, they get to engage in kind of these various conversations. They don't have the FOMO, the fear of missing mm-hmm. out when they are participating in these con- uh, these conversations, which is why you have between genders and and between all these different like uh stuff i hadn't that wasn't a thing when i was young as far as what they're being diagnosed with they're just making it up essentially along the way and i think that's the part of the conversation that needs to be had especially as it pertains to uh mental health you know what i mean i hate that we obviously we use it as this kind of like all-encompassing sort of thing and you're just supposed to take everybody's word for it when they say they're feeling down as if none of that can be self-imposed and i say this from a person that you know has dealt with kind of those type of manipulative people but suddenly when that's all you're around and that's all that you see you tend to kind of gravitate towards some of that some of that weird stuff if we're gonna be honest with ourselves definitely when it comes to youngsters and kind of how impressionable they are then yeah that's a problem that it is that we have to address but the people that kind of amplify this issue of course the public school uh, the education system uh and, and itself and i think that's something that has to get absolutely addressed if there's ever going to be a problem but nothing to that like even with that paper it should be surprising to any any individual certainly a parent yeah you know um obviously you guys know uh my work in trying to you know stop sexualizing children through whether it be drag shows uh pornographic literature in schools um and and the most pushback that i typically get is like well they're going to have access to all of this material on on their phones anyway. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Are you just like, that's just an assumption that we make now is that the kids are just there. They just have smartphones. Well, you can't stop it because they have a smartphone. It's like, or you could just not give your kids access to that and not have to worry about it. Yeah, my kids don't have smartphones right. for this reason. Um, you know, they do like their technology. They like they play games. And, you know, I, I, I was big video game player when I was a kid. Like, I don't think there's there's no problem with that. Right. Um, but the social media stuff is something totally different. I mean, do you know an adult who handles it well? <laughs> I mean, is there, That's a good point. That's I don't know point. any of them. That's I, a good point. Like, I, you know, it's really hard to do. Yeah. I mean... I, I see, you know, I mean, relatives who are, you know, in their 60s and 70s who have problems on social media dealing with their friends. They don't know. They get someone likes something that they don't think they should like. Mm-hmm. It's cha- They are all angry. for Someone they, unfriended me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you think about you look at some of these people when they get, uh, you know, 100 likes on a photo. And it, 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 mm. it, it, it makes them it changes the way they deal with this. I, I just feel like, look. My preference here is for parents to be able to manage this better themselves. And I will say this as a person who has an 11-year-old and a 10-year-old, about to be 10, um, looking at this stuff, they do not make it easy. These tech companies do mm-hmm. not make it easy. Like, I should have a button on one of these phones. I go in the settings, and I click yeah. on safe mode, and that's it, Yeah. right? Instead, I have I have multiple subscriptions to different services to try to you know to try to control what they're what they're seeing, what they're able to go to, um, and you know like I, it's really hard. And I and I put a lot of time into it, and I still don't think I have it you know do, do, down right. I, you know I don't let them on social media at all. But like you know you just don't you, know, you want to be able to protect them for as long as possible. Like I always look at it this way: it's like they're going to have plenty of time to look at all the crap that's out there in the world when they're in their twenties. They're going to be able to see it. They're going to probably see it. They're going to make their own choices. You try to give them the best foundation possible, but there's no reason you need to give that to them early. And I think like you know 
it would be really great if there was an easy way. And I feel like these tech companies should be incentivized to say to parents, hey, you can buy your kids these tablets or whatever because we've made it easy to control what they what they see and, and, yeah. and make it make it an age-appropriate experience. I'm not looking for them to never be able to look at anything controversial or see some, you know, something they're not supposed to see. Eventually they're going to see it. But when they're under my roof and I'm paying for the freaking devices <laughs> and I'm paying for the freaking internet, damn straight, they should be able to have a controlled experience. And the the, the amount of difficulty there is to get that experience to the kids is 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 very high and i know there's some there's some you know there are some people out there now tossing around the idea of like maybe just like we ban kids from you know looking at pornography maybe we should ban them from social media mm. um i i never, i don't like the idea of our government uh, bans but i i can see where the frustration comes from and and if these these tech companies want to avoid that type of behavior, what they should do is really invest in making this easy on parents. Make it easy on us. Let it, make it, make there be easy controls. Mm-hmm. I don't, I shouldn't be having to, you know, to subscribe to outside services to try to be able to monitor the kid's activity when they're nine years old. Yeah. It's just silly. They don't make it easy. And I think eventually we're going to get to a place if these numbers are right. There was a new study that came out the other day. We're going to talk about it on the show where uh, since 2010, you, know, you see the depression rates among teenage girls. It's just bouncing yeah. around like normal to 2010, and then it's a straight line up. I mean, yeah. it is, it's really hard to deny that these things are tied, I, I think, at this point. And while you know, government action is always the last resort, if they don't get their act together on this, they're going to wind up facing it. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Last year, you'll recall that uh, Ron DeSantis signed the Stop Woke Act. This was the act that prevented Florida schools from teaching students to believe in discriminating on the basis of race, uh, color, or sex. Obviously, this is, was designed to stop things like CRT. And um, he, Ron DeSantis has just rejected a bid from the College Board to approve a new African-American studies curriculum. Uh, now, the report is that this particular curriculum from the College Board uh, leans heavily into Marxism, socialism, and sympathy towards CRT tenets, uh, such as a rejection of colorblindness. And the College Board's own website, if you go to it, actually suggests that, you know, if you were to major in African-American studies, it it only has one career field that it can prepare you for, which is community organizer and activist. So I I would think that even if the the College Board, if they're being honest with themselves, uh, knows what they're doing here. But Ron DeSantis following through uh, by rejecting this bid uh, from the College Board because it does violate the Stop Woke Act. Um, Eric, as a black man, I want to ask you, how oppressed are you on a scale of one to 10 because of this? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Seriously, though, like this is, man, college is so rotten, man. And you have to address that problem if you are certainly going to help kind of future generations. You see like and it's like that. That's not the only degree that's like that. If you get into some of like even the gender stuff, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. They're really only preparing you to be activists or or more accurately putting putting it. They're preparing you to really the only thing that you're going to be able to do that with that degree. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme where you can teach other people. You mm-hmm. get it to like maybe the doctorate level and then you can teach other people to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's a cycle of just dog crap. And you can't really do necessarily anything um, uh, 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 with it. But 
they tell on themselves all the time. This isn't anything new. I mean, if you go definitely down to the curriculum, like the whole color blindness thing is always hilarious to me. They get so offended um, at that idea of people that say like, and I'm not one of the guys to say that whole I don't see color, but they get very angry and aggravated, which is odd because it's like, you know, do you want to rid racism or do you not want to mm. uh, certainly rid it? Do you want people to be seen as like these monolithic kind of just flat spaces, which is kind of what they seem to, to uh, gear kind of towards, but it's more uh, intellectually, it's more based on like ideas where they want everybody thinking the same bull crap and yada yada. But you guys continue, this is my thing, and I know it's kind of veering off a little bit, but looking at like the subject of co college education, as you see more and more uh, evidence of like what they're teaching your, the people that you pay, I just find it hilarious that definitely conservatives are spending tens of thousands of dollars that they saved up to drop their kids in, 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 <laughs> uh, at indoctrination camps like that to basically learn to hate them. It really is incredible. Yeah. It's an incredible <laughs> scheme. If you can get on the right side of it, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's, the colorblindness, you know, is, is an amazing thing that's been vilified. You know, here we are in the week of Martin Luther King Day. Here's a guy who obviously pushed for a lot of these things. You know, you said, like, you know, I, uh, I don't see color... Every, well, most people see color. I do have a friend who's colorblind. His outfits are often mismatched, and that's a problem for him. But, like, of course we see color. Right. Like, yes, the goal is for everyone to act as if they don't see color. Right. right? Like, that's the goal. The goal is, and it's a utopian goal. It's never going to probably be fully achieved. But, like, we should all act as if... Ne you know, we should all never make a decision based on skin color in our entire lives. That's an easy goal, right? Like, not an easy goal, but it's an easy, uh, it's an easy uh, headline, right? Yeah. Just don't make decisions based on this. You shouldn't be judging people because of the color of their skin. You shouldn't be judging people because uh, of you know, the religion they hold or the, you know, you judge them on their merits. You know, George Washington had a merit badge. It was, that was, that was the the top-of-the-line military award. It wasn't you know, the Purple Heart where you're, you get injured, and we, of course, love our servicemen who have gone through and sacrificed for our country. But at the beginning, the, the, the awards didn't go to people who were injured in battle. It was the people who, who they believed had real true merit, and often just merit in their character. Um, and often, and that often was associated with people who were injured and were able to push through those situations. The, the country is based on merit. It's supposed to be that way. That's how you should judge people. You should hate people based on who they are, not because of the color of their skin. Be choosy with who you hate. It's just like, there's so many other reasons to hate yes, people. Yes, there you go. Than color. Hey, exactly, that's a dumb reason to hate someone. There's plenty of good reasons to hate people. Uh, I, I, look, I think colorblindness it gets a bad rap you know, because of CRT. It really is mm -hmm. like the Ibram Kendis of the world who have yeah. brought this into this you know, vilified state. And I do really sincerely believe we are not that far away from left-wingers in this country tearing down statues of Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. It's weird. They're in this weird mid-ground right now where the, his name, his brand, is still revered. But his message is no longer revered right. by the left. They hate his message. They, they, every time you say it, you, you know, you say it online and they, you get flamed for it mm -hmm. because people say, well, that's not worthy. He actually was about unions. Bull crap. <laughs> okay, maybe he likes some unions too, but that was not the center, central core of his message. He wanted people to be able to tr be treated equally. And that message is vilified by the left. And eventually, 
I really do believe they will come for him. They will come for him like they came for Ben Franklin, like they came for Abraham Lincoln statues. They, they've come for all of these guys, heroes of this movement, and they eventually will turn on King as well. Well, I will. I just have to say I, there is at least one Martin Luther King statue that I hope that they do actually tear down. That's that recent one in Boston. <laughs> That's a fair point. Because... Well, we all know why. <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> all right, that statue's fine. They, yeah. they, can, they can tear that one down. It's just that it looks like a... Yeah. <laughs> because we live in a clown world, Facebook and Instagram are uh, going to allow female, transgender, and non-binary users to upload topless photographs while restrictions will still remain in place for women. Finally. Finally. I started a charity 15 years ago to get this to happen. And I've been Did fighting you? the really? entire time. We need non-binary topless photos on Instagram. Really? And finally, my mission has been fulfilled. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> it's Sue. been a hard road, Sarah. And uh, finally, we got there. I, I'm really but excited. I, but I feel like a... Like, a heterosexual man would want the opposite. Oh, really? I don't yeah. know. It's hard to keep track. I don't really know. But it's funny. I was thinking about this. Like, could you think, I mean, you think about the typical Instagram model who is in a, you know, a bathing suit every 10 seconds. And more bathing suits go through the, uh, it's an entire economy. And, you know, I've noticed that some of the Instagram models like to maybe show off some of their assets. Really? Perhaps, mm -hmm. perhaps they should just start identifying as non-binary and then right. they could take their tops off, which is what they've been wanting to do this, this entire time anyway. Time. I mean, that, that you're going to get some clicks on that. Right. Look, if you just put a one pronoun, most guys are just going to be like scrolling by. They're not going to notice your pronouns. They're not going <laughs> to care that you're identifying as a guy. I mean, this is just a, such a bizarre world. Like, what does this even mean? Honestly, I read that story and I'm like, what does this even mean? I, I don't know. Who's, who's topless? Who's not? If a, if a biological woman doesn't have the surgery right. and she still looks exactly like a biological woman, but she identifies as a man, can she do this? And I think their answer would be yes. Yes. Which yeah. is insanity. Why have the policy if it doesn't mean anything? Right. Well, they have the policy because they were receiving complaints from gender fluid users. That, that they were being discriminated against. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Eric's look. left speechless. Uh, let's, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> you would think that the feminists who are all about <laughs> having sex with everyone would feel oppressed. Maybe. So we'll see. That's right. Look, just, let's just see how it plays out. I like Eric's answer. <laughs> that's, that's my answer for everything now. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.